This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Happy Sunday, guys. We are live and we have news. We have news that has been rumoured for a while and maybe it's not as quick as expected, but joining me on a Sunday night is Joe Fares and Craig Kimbo. Um, guys, number out. Um, immediate reactions. Joe, we'll start with you. I'm sure you're disappointed. Devastated to lose him. He's... Um... Played for some big clubs, I think everyone knows, and I'm sure they'll be sad to not hear about Borussia Dortmund and Celtic over the next few <laughs> weeks in the pre-match and post-match conference <laughs> press conferences. But no, it, it did seem it did seem inevitable that it had been coming. I, um, like I said, I mentioned on the takeover pod on Friday that there had been really heated discussions between Evans and Lambert on Thursday. That there was an, an ins there was an. It, expecting nobody was expecting him to turn up to work on Friday morning from what I understand and um Lambert's post-match press conference yesterday was very he, he seemed so like a man released of his of all his responsibilities he like, obviously he he obviously is more aware of the takeover than what we are now but it just seems that well like I say I think it's great news for the club that we can move forward now because he's obviously put a couple of decent results together recently and it's I think it's we didn't really want to get into a stage where I like to say where um he potentially was sort of getting close to keeping his job because we we know how much damage he's done in the last two and a half years yeah and Greg we Greg and I literally had just stopped the record for the podcast where we'd kind of hinted at stuff hadn't we we mentioned the 99 0.9% probability of, of him leaving. Um, I even said, as we looked forward to Accrington, there's a chance that someone else might be in the dugout for Tuesday. And Craig, 
neither of us were expecting to i was hoping to have a cup of tea frankly my voice is already you can hear has got a bit um and you've had to take your pjs off and put proper clothes on haven't you Oh, your microphone's not working, Greg. Check your settings and we'll come back to you. You need to go back into the settings at the bottom. Joe, um, the statement on the club website, not particularly thorough. There's more on TWTD. I've not read either of them yet. Are you able to enlighten us a little bit? And obviously, keep the comments coming in. I will put up as many as possible. Um, Interested to know who people think will be in the dugout on... On Tuesday against well, we, we know that that's, that's oh, confirmed it's as well. It's um, is it Matt Gill or Kieran it's Matt Gill, yes. On, on the um, ITFC website, there's on TWTD, there's probably sort of 10 lines of text, but on the ITFC website, it's down to sort of about four lines basically saying, I think the nub of the matter is this bit here is it, it has, however, become clear after holding discussions over the last few days that there are significant differences of opinions as to the order of immediate priorities, and we agreed it was best for us to part company so that's that's the key kill line in it immediate um sorry differences of, of opinion as to the order of immediate priorities and it just to note it, it's paul taylor and it's and i'm oh, sorry paul lambert and stuart taylor who have left matt gill and jimmy pod. walker are still here and i obviously haven't listened to tonight's pod but i'm sure it probably came up the fact that matt gill seemed to be in charge on the sideline and also not just that we had Jimmy Walker, the goalkeeping coach, sort of giving players tactical instructions before they went onto the pitch. It, it really did look like the Matt Gill and Jimmy Walker show with with Paul Lambert just, I don't know, just as floating around on a cloud, effectively. If, it was. Can, you guys, can you guys hear me now? We can hear you now, Craig. Welcome hear back. Hear me now. Um, <laughs> if you go on to um, Ipswich Town's in, Instagram um, <laughs> announcement, you'll notice the, uh, the announcement that says that Paul... Lambert has now today parted company, et cetera, has been liked by at least one of the first team squad. Oh, Caden. It's Caden. His nickname's a KJ. His initials are KJ. Um, yeah, well, as we, as we were saying, uh, literally five minutes ago when we when we stopped recording the, the pod that's out tomorrow, which is now going to be about as out of date as that jar of Hellman's mayonnaise in the back of my fridge, um, we said that Joe would be leading the Lambert in charge on Tuesday after after the match when we win again 2-0. Um, yeah, all sounds a little bit uh, antiquated now, and I say, out of date. Here's, here's Ben, who, who's, I think, watching in bed. So evening to Ben. Can you compare with the other emergency pods for Mick and Hurst? I can't remember the Mick one. I think that might have been you and you and Dave for that I was, one. I was in Cyprus listening to Ben and Dave's yeah, chat recall, about Mick. I sorted out the Hurst one while I was on the train coming back from Leeds. Um, and it was me, Harry, and Dave for the preview show, I think. So, um, yeah, wow. A rapid fire. And obviously, Lambert, very prescient, talking about 99.9%. Um, and I guess I my we question... we can upgrade to... that to 100 now. Yeah, exactly right. 99.999 um, <laughs> recurring. Um, Craig, are you, your thoughts on what this means for the... I mean, we can only speculate, given the, the, the Ipswich announcement, which is pretty lacking, isn't it? Um, but anything on the takeover that this means, or is is or is is Marcus Evans finally grown a pair? You'd think it's all going to be linked, don't you? And it's probably this probably just brought things forward, brought them to a head a little bit sooner than they were going to eventually. And you know, as we were talking about half hour or so ago, it was it was it was coming. And as Joe was saying about the guys on the bench taking more of a uh, a lead, you know, obviously that's linked to to Stuart Taylor not being around as much. Um, but it was it was pretty obvious. 
at the weekend and before that that um, Gill was um, taken more of a more of more of a lead in terms of the team. And one of the questions that we had on the pod actually was, you know, will Gill stay around subsequent to it? And I think we pretty much said this was if it was going to happen. We didn't know the timescales of it, but that this would be the case that he would stay around, he would be put in caretaker charge, and whether or not he he hangs around when a new a new guy comes in remains to be seen. Yeah, this is an interesting thought here from Jason. I wonder if they held off due to Taylor's dad' compassionate reasons to delay it. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought it personally. I, I think it was just like they've they've talked about this big meeting that they were due to have, and obviously we'd we'd won the Hull game before this meeting, but ultimately that was the meeting on the back of seeing us sort of eleventh in the league, and realistically, I don't think Evans was able to sack effectively. Lambert just out and out sack him so that it was always going to be a mutual consent agreement it, they just needed to work on the terms of his exit effectively so that that must have been sort of part of the conversation Thursday and like I say the way it ended it was sort of done at that point probably just needed the lawyers to draw up the contract from that point stamp. on especially when you see how Lambert was there confirmation from that he didn't have to face the full payoff bill which one of the nationals was reporting was two million quid well, I think they, were just doing a bit of, they were just doing a bit of basic maths, weren't they, and multiplying four by 500 grand. Yeah. Um, what we were talking about, actually, about choosing that probably gives us, well, by virtue of two different ways, Lambert not being in charge and Nolan and Jackson now being available um, gives us a, you know, a stronger squad and possibly more of a chance of winning um, on Tuesday night than we had uh, previously. Yeah. Um, Bringing this those two back in the fold effectively, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, it just makes no sense that you wouldn't have you wouldn't be exploiting Jackson's pace in against tiring defences. It's just ridiculous that and he, among our highest earners, along with Nolan, that's just really dumb. And it's good to see an well, end to that, isn't it? It goes to show that you've got to be a special kind of stubborn to, and, and this is biting your nose to spite your face to the extreme. You're, you're two of your better players in the squad in their positions, and you are leaving them out and therefore reducing your chances of being able to win games of football as a result of it, of which you are judged on, just seems perverse, doesn't it? Luke's um, thought here, there was a, I, I shared it with the WhatsApp group. Alan Biggs was reporting that Sheffield Wednesday were looking at Cook, although I think the owner, I think the Cook and the owner of Sheffield Wednesday, that's not going to happen now. Um, but wonders whether we need to act to get Cook in, maybe? Is that a fact? Um, well, I've, I've heard that Cook is... These discussions be going on sometime, both from when Evans has been in charge and potentially this new takeover team there. So it seems that they agree on one thing already, and that's the choice of who the next manager is going to be. So I guess if the terms of the deal are set, I've I've heard it's it's far along now. It's not we're sort of at a stage past the point of no return, effectively. That it's not a it's, it's not a negotiation. Man. Yeah, the takeover. So why wait if if Cook is the man, get him in. For me, you may I, not get. We were talking. You may not get those twelve to one mm. odds that Ripsy uh, Town promotion nowadays. You know, they might have gone. They might have been reduced significantly. You know, the the money that Joe's looking to earn on um, Paul Cook being uh, made made the next manager of, of can be doubled up with his uh, the promotion odds that come down from twelve to one. I reckon. Joe, um, was that your mate asking you if you were on the beers? Maybe we need to crack open the bubbly. I'm still trying to finish my dissertation, so I will oh, be back, back to work after this because I'm. God, you'll be you'll be you'll be piling those those words out after this, Joe. <laughs> Adrenaline flowing. <laughs> you won't be talking. Are you talking about recruitment? 
position for recruitment strategies for managerial positions is, is that if I, I could bash out ten thousand words of that oh, by, the, by the morning if i needed how to, to but... how to make poor decisions about contract extensions um morning um Morning, Brisbane. Morning, Michael. Guild to the end of the season. We think Guild maybe for Tuesday, but cook in pretty soon thereafter. Um, I, I guess the timing just feels. Weird. Are we? Can I put you guys on the spot and give like out of ten, the, the or a percentage, the the probability that this decision is linked to the takeover? Because other, if if it if the takeover wasn't imminent, then Lambert's. Uh, how much control or involvement he's had, and this was a debate we had in the pod, how much he's involved in that he's on this recent run of good results. It does seem a weird timing if the takeover isn't there. So your your thoughts of a probability that this is takeover linked or not? As kind of a statement, if I put it back on, but go on for it. Yeah, well, we, it, we, as we talked about on Friday, Paul Cook's name was being mentioned in any case, even before... You know, talk of takeover was was around, wasn't it? So he was on Marcus Evans's radar um, months ago, uh, along with a, along with a couple of others. So we don't yet know if it is going to be Paul Cook. Um, whether whether the news of the takeover coming out has, as I say, preempted and and brought things to a head sooner, then yeah, very 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 possibly. The new, as Paul Lambert said himself, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, new owners are going to want new managers. So it puts a clean slate in. You know, if the best of all worlds, we get a bit more momentum building and a new guy can come in and, you know, ride that wave. Which makes you wonder whether the momentum building through these last few matches has had nothing or minimal involvement from Lambert. And I'm just, I've highlighted that paragraph there. Sorry, it's quite small. I can't compress the page a little bit. But it has, however, become clear, and I think you would quote this, Joe, at the start, after holding discussions over the last few days that there are significant differences of opinion as the order of immediate priorities and we agreed it was best for us to part company I, I i guess that's the bit of this that i don't really get because the immediate priorities are presumably forever get the deal get, well, is it promotion or is it get the takeover done well, i think in general the immediate the immediate priority is promotion i think paul lambert is trying to sort of in recent weeks has been trying to claim that there's so much wrong at the club that almost the club needs to be sort of ripped down and started again from the bottom up where I think he's, he's been using that as a effectively to try and hide some of his deficiencies in sort of in management. Yeah. I'll, I'll come on to that. Yeah. He's, he's been trying to hide some of his deficiencies in management by saying it's because everything is wrong. Well, Everything isn't wrong. Like he got backed with four more players in in the January transfer window. He's yeah. he's he's got what he wanted on the, on the playing stuff. Yeah, he some of the signings may be cheaper, but he's still there's still players that other clubs in this division couldn't dream of signing. Some of them, and like I say it. It seems like I say from what I understand, I think Matt Gill has been taking a bigger role in the last few weeks. Not just not just on the sideline in the last games, maybe with regards to the style of play the the team that's being picked and sort of going, going from there. But um, I think there was just a question up about sort of the split in the coaching staff. I'd, I'd heard a few weeks back about that sort of Matt Gill and Jimmy Walker had been sort of disassociating themselves from Lambert, Lambert and Taylor. Effectively Lambert and Taylor had almost bunkered down and they were just increasingly paranoid when you look at like TWTD being banned because of a leak of a team sheet on the message board and they, they, and I, you don't need to be an expert to see where the sort of comments about the 
training ground incident come from and it's just Lambert and Taylor just seem to have bunkered further and further down almost like sort of they they knew they were in the last days and um it, it like I say Gill and Walker were away from them and it, it's it was no surprise to me yesterday when you saw how involved Gill and Walker were on the sideline and and Craig there's gonna be a lot of I mean the supporter base and the comments so far and I'll put some more up as we keep going um clearly this is this is positive news for a lot of people there'll be a lot of people in the dressing room who will also see this as positive news as well and isn't that important if you if you're going to try and have a bit of a run for the playoffs that everyone's on side yeah exactly well you know it, we don't know what's been happening behind the scenes but we know that the, the relationship between players and management hasn't been particularly good anyway so you know <laughs> whereas Mick McCarthy was very much uh, we're on the outside missing out everyone's on the outside missing in there will have been that mentality already between the players, the players, and the management. You, you you get the inkling that was the case in it. That was the state in any case. Um, I'm just reading here while we're while we're chatting that um, the Guardian, Nick Ames, is saying that the takeover could well be completed this week. Wow! Another emergency pod when that happens. Then <laughs> just <laughs> as long as I'm not in my silk pajamas, then mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good job. I've I've kept that background by the way from uh, from Friday. Um, a lot of people are expecting the Cook thing to happen imminently. Then I guess if that if that is the case, then it feels like inevitable that Cook he won't be in before Tuesday. And he, if certainly if it's announced tomorrow, you guys in the comments need to let us know if something else is announced. By the way, um, he he won't be taking charge of whatever happens Tuesday. And is Saturday a bit of a push as well if he if it does happen? Um, well, it, it depends when it does happen, but. I'm pretty sure that Paul Cook has been watching the last few games with more than interest. He'll be he'll be looking at things. People people seem to think he's been lined up for weeks as well. It's not just in the last the last few days. It's um, it's something that has been going on a while. Maybe even before this takeover was muted. I, I, I don't know on that side of it, but he will have taken a big interest in Ipswich sort of over the last few weeks, and he'll he'll be he'll be ready to go. I imagine. Um, who he's going to bring in his support staff. I see a few people have mentioned that in the comments, Sean. There, Cook's long-term number two is Liam Richardson, who is the Wigan manager now. So he's going to need some course, staff, yeah. Matt Gill, Kieran Dyer, people like that. He's, he's going to need some help some help from. Um, Craig, looking back on, on Lambert, I guess we need to reflect on him. I mentioned his overall record that the uh, TWTD quoted. Played 113, 137, drew 28. Lost Vortier, a win percentage of 32.74, skewed somewhat by the end of that championship season. But ultimately, apart from maybe the start of last season where it felt like maybe he had a plan, the only real success he's had is in grit, is, is reuniting the fan base and the club when he came in, isn't it? There's not much else to shout about, isn't there? Well, he's reunited, the fan, he's reunited the fan base again, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be fair to him, he's he done it at the beginning and the end of, and the end of his reign. Um, yeah, the championship was skewed, but you know it still hasn't been good. It enough, was out of the whimper, though, wasn't it? Two, two years, yeah, two years. It hasn't been good enough. And I remember going to, I think it was his first away game. Was it Reading? We went mm, away, yeah. and Freddie Sears scored that just a goal straight down the middle when it oh, kicked it straight down the middle of the pitch, and. The, the transformation of the team between the game before and his first game in charge, when he'd only had two or three games in charge of us, was ridiculous. It was stark. You know, Cole Skews was playing like Andre Pirlo that day. And he was pinging it around. We were playing, you know, playing a completely different 
type of Jordan Roberts in from nowhere. Yeah, and and it was just it was just working, and then all of a sudden we just he just completely lost his mojo, didn't he? We don't know why he lost it mojo during this during the tail end of that season. We we went down with a say with a whimper, and the crowd was still behind us, and we took a bit of momentum into the first season, but crikey. It all went horribly, horribly downhill, and then replicated itself. He did well, as we all know. We've all spoken about it. He did well to last last season, let alone get a new contract. Well, I've I've, I've spoken to some some guys. Well, sort of a couple of players over the years, and ones that have sort of played under managers and played under Lambert, and they, they said that when Paul Lambert came in, they thought he was the best manager they'd ever played under. And this is people that had played for a lot of clubs. These are senior guys, played for a lot of clubs, played under big managers, obviously had played under Mick McCarthy. And within sort of being told, from being told that they thought he was the best manager they've ever played under or was going to be the best manager they've ever played under to nine months later saying, the manager doesn't talk to the players. He doesn't speak to us. We don't know the team. We don't know the setup. We train all week in a 4-4-2 and then the team sheet goes up on a sort of Friday afternoon after we finish training we're playing 3-5-2 no one knows what they're doing it's just and the manager is not talking to anyone so I don't know what happened but he went from somebody that had all the fight to somebody who just gave up whether it's the environment Ipswich whether it's working for Evans whether it's his own motivation once he couldn't save us from relegation he just lost faith in himself we'll never know but ultimately he, he wasn't the man that we appointed a long, not that long into his reign, and how he, how some of the stories I heard in the summer that were going on, he only spoke to the players twice through the whole summer in co- in the whole COVID time. Two times he spoke to the players, and they were on they were on calls arranged by the fitness coach. But he he was he was aloof anyway, you know, as as I, as I alluded to on on the pod that will go out. You know, I know someone that worked in the club, and he was aloof with the staff as well, which is completely in contrast to McCarthy, for example, who would every day go in and he'd shake everyone by the hand and look him in the eye. And this is from security guards at the gate through to the ladies on reception, through to the, the guy that picks up the kit and chucks it in the washing machines. You know, everyone was treated on a level and with respect, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas you get the feeling that um, you know, Lambert and, and Taylor were just a little bit more aloof and thought themselves a little bit above it all, I think. And and to your point, Joe, I mean, Jim, even Jim Wine mentioned this. I think that the Lambert that Evans wanted was the one who got Norwich promoted and got them into the Premier League. And he hadn't been that Paul Lambert for many seasons. He'd been pretty, you know, a pretty dour expression. And Jim White was mm. quite detailed about his end, the end of his tenure at Villa. Not a great spell at Wolves, albeit I think he kept them in the championship just about. I think that was job done. Stoke. Not, you know, I think maybe was he relying on the reputation of what had gone before and potentially the work of Ian Culverhouse at Norwich that gave him that made him a viable target for Marcus in the first place. I, th- I think, I think you could, if you were being kind to Lambert, you could probably explain away all his um, all his jobs. And at the Villa job, they were a team that was they were circling the plug hole in the Premier League. Randy Lerner was just pulling money. money out. Somebody was coming from above him, making the transfers, and he was just having players dropped on him rather than bringing in the sort of players that had brought him success at Norwich, i.e. lower league, young, hungry, lower league players, the sort of oft-quoted sort of players. Blackburn, he kept them up. Wolves, he sort of came in, steadied the ship, kept them up, and then it just, once he realised he wasn't going to be kept on, it just sort of went downhill at the very end. Stoke, he 
he didn't do a very good job there. And but that, but this was a manager who was getting a Premier League job, sort of nine ten months before we appointed him. Like, you don't get many British managers getting Premier League's jobs. So he's he's obviously had something about him when he speaks to the owners. And as evidenced by the five year contract, the four year contract he signed at Villa, fifteen games before he was sacked, he obviously is able to manage manage upwards and. He played Evans like a fiddle, <laughs> effectively, yeah. and he played the fan base like that as well. Like, like, I know he had to come in and he was ex-Norwich, but I think Ipswich fans soon, they soon forgot that. And we gave him a more than fair crack of the whip. And when you look at, like I say, I know we go back to it, some people are embarrassed by it now, but the way that relegation was effectively applauded, we looked like we were a very joined up club that was ready to bounce back. But when we came back, Lambert was a different person and... He's got worse and worse and worse until the last few weeks when he started trying to burn the club down from the inside, effectively. Two questions, Craig. One is one is this one from Geo Hutch. One um, will Lamma get another job? And I put a, a message up and pointed at it. But I think um, from my mate Ravi about is he going to go to Celtic or stick his hat in the Celtic ring? We'll see that. Um, and and I've forgotten the other one. So let's deal with we- that one first. Well, he's he's already seen. He doesn't want to tarnish the fantastic relationship he's got with the the Celtic fans, does he? You know, he's he's already gone down that road saying, "Well, I'm going to fail up here, so there's no point me coming up here." Yes, and you, lot, you lot hate you lot hating me like the like Stan Ipswich do. Um, in terms of a new job, yeah, it'd be interesting. Whether he, of course, it's not as if he needs it financially. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect. Um, but he hasn't been it hasn't been a success here. By the same token, he can always just say. Well, it was a takeover. You know, I, did, I was two points outside the playoffs when they got rid of me. It's all down to the takeover that they were getting a new man in. Um, you know, I wasn't sacked. Um, whether someone else falls for it or not remains to be seen. You know, he, had, he hasn't got a reputation as a firefighter. Um, and he's been a long time since he's had a reputation as someone can, who can get your promotion. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if he does get a job, another job and who would be looking to appoint him. I remember my second question, and either of you guys can take this. The biggest failure, um, and given the context of the decision, is not in falling Marcus, over. <laughs> it's, it's rising when we fall. Um, of Marcus Evans, I mean. Is Phoenix rising. Oh, goodness me. This is all of it. Well, brilliant stuff. If my brain wasn't already frazzled from the, <laughs> by the way, the podcast, which I thought was pretty decent going. It'll be, I had a total mental breakdown. I forgot everything. Um, yeah. It's, if it's only worth re- recording, you know, it's only worth listening for one thing because it's all now completely out of date. It's, it's, uh, it's Rich's me mental breakdown during it. it. Um, my question before I was really interrupted twice um, is biggest failure in the context of the decision was, um, was it to give Lambert the four year contract extension? Is that the worst thing that Marcus Evans has done? whilst he's been the owner of the club, do you think, either of you? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so, because it it just tied his hands. It put a millstone around his own neck. And at the, at the, at the point it was signed, we what we, we'd won like, we hadn't won for like nine or ten games in the league at that point. We'd obviously start the season very well. Negotiations had started, but we sat here with um, Andy and Graham Mack from Radio Suffolk did a podcast myself and Rich and Andy was telling us the details of signing that contract on the one side you've got Andy the details of the contract somebody driving down from Wicker with the contract in the car to get Lambert to sign it that morning and on the other side the players group on WhatsApp seeing the message on there and thinking it's a 
joke that somebody has photoshopped to send it round them. So that is where the disconnect in it is is there. Like the players, the players knew we were gone. Um, the fans knew we were gone, but Evans insisted on pushing this four-year contract. And I say Lambert effectively put an ultimatum down to him after we lost 5-3 at Gillingham. And I think the future of Ipswich Town would have been a lot better had Marcus Evans called his bluff at that point. He might still... Yeah. We might be in the championship by now and he, he might not be looking down the barrel of having to write off a £100 million debt and sell for whatever yeah. he's doing. And then the trouble is, he's not going to be here to learn that lesson now, is he? But, you know, four-year contracts in the modern era... It, unless you're and, and even Jurgen Klopp now, there are people at Liverpool calling for Jurgen Klopp. I don't know what they did against Sheffield United earlier, um, but it, that just seems to me that, that the decision that will haunt Marcus Evans. And to be fair to, you know, Lambert could have been sacked last season as well. It's something I yeah. mentioned to Jim White. He, he's, he could have been sacked several times over at any other club. The Championship relegation with the whimper. You know the, the total dismantlement of the total destruction of our early season start last season. Twice over, he could have gone for me either in December when he got the new deal or after the run of defeats in February as well. And you know, COVID came in and and maybe kept him in a job. Craig, do you, do you agree with the the bit on the four year contract though? Worse than Mark yeah. Seven. Well, it's that and that and Hurst, isn't it? I suppose as a as a double. Hurst, um, yeah, fair point. Yeah. But yeah, as Joe said, you know, it just, it just... We do the Marcus Evans out uh, live pod, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I know there's been a lot of conjecture about is it going to be Cook, etc. Well, we, we're pretty sure it's going to be. Um, I'll just read from the Guardian um, article here. The Guardian understands the takeover, which could be good, go through as early as this week, is being led by a five-man consortium featuring three co-owners of the USL club, Phoenix Rising, etc., etc. Um, but in terms of Paul Cook, you know, it, I say, referring back again to the pod, the D3, D4 guys had a pod out first thing this morning um, when the the takeover led their pod. It was the first thing they spoke about. They spoke about Paul Cook. Um, the George Ellick, who's who goes on the twist uh, and does um, not, the, not the top 20 pod, doesn't he? Everyone speaks very, very highly of Paul Cook and all pretty much to a man say that he is the ideal person for the job. You know, he's got the reputation behind him of, of, of um, promotions. He had championship clubs looking at him. Um, he had Wigan in a very, very decent position when he when he left them for, for the reasons he did. So, you know, I think if we can get that over the line as well, added to the momentum that we've got currently, you know, that, that and it was 12 to 1 when we recorded the pod an hour ago. It's now 10 to 1. So, you know, bookies aren't stupid. Um, Will asked us a question on the pod, and he's asking us one now. So, if that pod never sees that pod, might be like the Holy Grail, might be one of these things that never sees the light of day. We'll put someone asked earlier, and I did gave a thumbs up. Um, will this go to go down the pod feed? This this will go down the pod feed. This is momentous enough to go on the pod feed. Um, I thought I'd ask Will's question because, as I said, that pod might never see the light of day. Um, how would you rank this next managerial appointment in terms of importance? alongside the Hurst and Lambert ones, particularly, I guess, just to add on that, whether the new owners would have an expectation for where we end the season, which presumably is playoffs, guys. So is Paul Cook coming in already under pressure? New owners, do you think? Um, well, I guess he's under a certain amount of pressure, but generally you're going to have a get-out-of-jail-free card, aren't you? These aren't my players. This isn't my squad. blah de blah de blah But ultimately, I, I posted on Twitter 
sort of after the game that Paul Cook must be sitting there licking his lips at this squad he's got here and where we are in the league now, just two points off the playoffs. And I think he'd be putting pressure on himself to get straight up. There's, there's no reason. There's no reason not to. And I can guarantee you, Darren McAnthony and or maybe not him because they're so far clear. But all all the other owners and managers in this league will not be happy that Paul Cook's come here and Paul Lambert's left because Paul Cook is demonstrably a uh, demonstrably a better manager over over the sort of recent years. He's he's a good manager and like I say, it's a real real coup for a League One club to bring Paul Cook in. This is a guy that's what had promotions at all his last three clubs that took Wigan up, kept them up, and then took them to. I think they would have been 12, 11th or 12th in the championship before the 15-point deduction, which saw them relegated. He's a manager that deserved a championship job. And the fact we've got him in League One, apparently he's very close to the Bristol City job in the summer. Well, like I say, if we can get a manager that's very close to that job, like I say, it's a real, real coup. I think if you, sorry, I'm quite interested to know, because obviously the takeover discussions were started way before we find ourselves with a little bit of momentum behind us and, and creeping up the league. They would have started when we were mid-table sort of going nowhere and treading water. So, you know, I can't imagine the expectation from, from the people who are taking us over is promotion today, uh, or sorry, promotion this season. But, you know, it could be that they can just, I say, hijack the momentum that we have got and, and surf a bit of a wave and get the guy in at the right time to add that momentum. And you've got guys coming into form now who are, who are playing, you've got two players who've been bombed out of the squad who are coming in with something to prove. Norwood's fit and firing at the moment. So, you know, it, it, it could just be a perfect time. Just to add this in from Freddie, I put, I put it up before. Um, if we got another bad run of form, will we still blame Lambert or can the players be criticised ever? Um, I guess, Joe, you'd argue that the, the players that we think that we had um, are now starting to you know, show what they're worth in the last three matches with proper instruction, proper coaching and organisation, right? Because we've, we've often said that Paul Lambert is not getting the best out of this squad. Some people have said the players need to hold their hands up as well. And in some instances, they, they probably should. But ultimately... I, I think there's elements of both in there, isn't it? But the thing that I've, I've struggled with this year is, like I say, I do the football manager research and I have to objectively rate these players t- twice a year. And it's very difficult to actually judge how good some of these players are in this league because you see someone like they, they seem to just go through such ups and downs in form and so like at the start we had like Luke Chambers and Stephen Ward flying up and down the pitch obviously their age has caught up with them a bit but then it's just I, I, I don't know you just struggle because Wolfenden is struggling but then he's playing alongside McGuinness who isn't ready and there's, there's just so many of these baffling decisions and, and the style we try and play is is poor. Like I say, we've we've gone more direct in recent weeks, and like I say, even someone like Alan Judge has probably been. I think Andy put it on Twitter this morning. Andy Warren saying he's probably been our best player of twenty twenty one. It's like he probably has actually. It's just, uh, I say, it's just a big, big failure in sort of almost every regard of man management, coaching, setting up a team, and and picking up the results needed. And like I say, we like I say, we have to be grateful for the seven points we've got sort of in the last three games because they could be the difference between us making the playoffs and not, but it should never, ever have got this far down the line. This this new manager should have been in well before sort of the end of the January transfer window, so he could have been the one making decisions. He should yeah. have been in even after that sort of taking games. We've wasted so much of this season. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Already, and it's just... What if these takeover discussions were happening in the background and there couldn't have been that decision made at that particular point in time? You don't know if whether that was a delay in proceedings, you know, that there was, you can always sack a manager, can't you? There's, there's never... Yeah, you, yeah, you can, but if, if, if Evans was to sack him then and have to pay him off and then the takeover falls through, then he's more minded to keep him on to see how things go. As he's proven in the past, he's more happy to keep people on and just let them die a very, very, very slow death. You, just, you don't know what's been happening to the Barons. What I'm sort of saying is that yeah. there may have been a reason why you know, the, the, the sacking didn't happen more recently than, than we thought it should have. There's there's some comments here, and, and and obviously, you know, we were speculating on the pod, and we're we're possibly speculating now, uh, and I'm trying to find it, but I can't, and I can give you the gist: is is Paul Cook another manager similar to Lambert, um, who needs who needs a solid number two, and Liam Richardson, who's probably not going to come from Wigan, is is Paul Cook going to be the same Paul Cook as he was at Pompey and at Wigan without? Um, a good number two, guys, or or is he? Well, does he have the stature of his own, like like Mick, maybe, or someone else? Yeah, it's one of the questions we had, wasn't it? Well, one of the things we spoke about in the pod was how important assistants are. You know, whether they bounce off of, or whether they, whether they challenge and and bring new ideas and have a strong enough relationship to be able to challenge the guy in charge. I can't say I know much more than as as Joe said that. Um, his previous assistant is now the the manager at Wigan. So I don't know who he had before that. I think he was the same guy that they had at Portsmouth. Um, they worked together. So you now you're going back a fair a fair while and a, and a couple of jobs at least to find out if it was someone different. But it doesn't. But then, but then like, if he's at Wig, if he's at Wigan, I think their contract's due to run out in the summer in any case, isn't it? Both him and, rolling him contracts and, as it is anyway. Yeah, or Cooks was due to end, wasn't it, in the summer? Mm. But there'll be a takeover at Wigan at some point. The administrators are, are going to go, are going to sell the club at some point. I think they've got two in the running at the moment, so he could he could be coming free at some point again. 
box. Paul Cook doesn't need Liam Richardson to hold his hand. Says box. Take his word for it. That's fine. Um, so I guess um, should we try and wrap some podcast business into this as well, Craig? Um, I mean, what what do we think will happen for Accrington on Tuesday? I've already kind of heard from from Craig on this. Um, Joe, what, what's, what's your thoughts? I mean, unchanged team. Does Caden Jackson and John Nunnung on the bench? Someone said in the comments, does Kane Vincent Young suddenly magically materialise <laughs> from nowhere? Um, what's flicking, the v, flicking the V's at Paul Lambert as he runs up and down the wing. Oh, my, oh so much better. Oh, um, my leg. Oh. Yeah, well, well, Matt Gill, it, it sounds like Matt Gill is going to be in charge. Um, and... You, you hope that Caden Jackson comes back into the 18. I'm not too fussed about Nolan, but at the, like I said, if we've got Dizelle, Bishop and Downs all fit, then they're, they're fine. But ultimately, I'm sure it was probably brought up on tonight's pod that I obviously haven't heard yet. But when we had to take off James Norwood on Saturday because he was struggling and we brought on Aaron Drinnen, the, yeah. the drop-off was a was yeah. a big drop-off. And like I say, you put Caden Jackson up there and he, he causes more problems than them. And it's just... Uh, it's it's just important to to effectively put your best players where they can do the most damage, and I think Caden Jackson has has really struggled in the system that we've played. Like I say we're talking about a million pound on the table for him from Bournemouth in the summer, telling him he can't go, and then asked him to play either right wing or as a lone striker in roles that don't suit him. Well, now we're playing. I know Parrot's plans are number ten, but we are playing two up front effectively, and Caden Jackson is is a He's going to be a really good sub at this level. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what we did say on it, Rich, is that if if Norwood can last another sixty minutes and you can bring Jackson on for the last half an hour, then you know it's it's the best of both worlds. So I got no problem at all with Nolan coming in as well. To be fair, just to sit on the bench, um, rather maybe instead of Harrop. Um, I was going to say, what happens to the loans, Craig? Because we we spoke about the loans. Tim Pashley asked us a question about the loans, and we kind of said they've. You know, Bennett's has contributed a little bit more in the last few weeks, but I mean, Matheson, a lot of fanfare. We we hope that you know he's obviously not had a huge amount of opportunity since Northampton. But yeah, well, I think I think I like Harrop and an, interesting, an interesting comment there just popped up from George, sort of what I was saying earlier. But EADT saying Lambert hasn't picked the team for weeks, or Walker and Gill. Well, and that's yeah. why we started to speculate, right? And so that's yeah. what I mean about the continuity and the and the fear that there might be a drop off. There might be a drop off if Lambert goes. Mm. If if Gill and, and Walker be behind the change of approach and personnel, then that bodes well, it, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't see that Lambert's it, gone from the way he's playing to this style so quickly. It's got to be someone else picking, it, hasn't it? Sorry, and it also, it also sorry, mate, and it also leads to a tighter knit squad, doesn't it? You know, if it's it's all in this together. You know, like it was at the end of McCarthy's reign, it was everyone against the fans. In effect, you get the feeling it was it was the team against the manager and his assistant manager, and they've already got, they've already now got that that togetherness. They're not is not looking at it from the outside looking in. It doesn't look like a squad that's you know ruptured in any way. They look pretty united. And and someone else in the comments was saying how the takeover is suddenly motivating people. You know, there is people out of contract this summer and now mm. suddenly if there's something growing with a takeover imminent then you want to be part of it don't you and that a new manager in charge yeah. and a new manager you know there's a real opportunity here to to end the season well isn't it and that that optimism has has suddenly come from nowhere hasn't it all of this has snowballed really quickly but you look from you know a few weeks back you know joe the live shows 
you know, after defeats, one nil defeats to big teams, you know, the whole defeat I remember was a real, you know, a few, you know, uh, before Christmas and stuff like that. We've had some real shockers this that season. Northampton and, game. It was only Northampton, the 10, Shrew- day, 10 days ago, wasn't it? Or? Yeah, the, even the Shrewsbury victory that flattered to deceive. We've had some real shockers that we've had to talk about and we've all had to endure. And watch Answer the same on. questions. And and it's suddenly from nowhere, though, isn't it? This optimism is it's nice, isn't it? Bloody hell. Nice. I think yeah. part of that is because of the results as well. When you look at the league table as well, and we're now two points off seven, and I know Chris does his his stats, Chris Rand, and I think it was up to 35 percent chance of the playoff. Now we're now as likely to finish um, fifth as we are to finish eighth. I think in the when I looked at it earlier today, so we're 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 back in the mix, and it's due to the last two or three games where we've played a style that suits the players that we've got not passing it around the back aimlessly, getting the ball forwards and trying to play. Not not long ball, not hoofing it, not playing the percentages, getting the ball into the right areas and trying to make things happen from there. Not pass the ball so slowly that we, we can't do it. And the thing is, what we were saying on the pod is that, it's, as you say, it suits the players. You don't want Enciala and Wilson picking the ball up from the goalkeeper in the 18-yard box. You want them distributing it longer and letting the and now we've got two guys up front who are harrying and allowing the whole team just to push further up the pitch. It doesn't it doesn't put yourself under as much pressure either. I say it's it's really not rocket science to get towards the top of the division, is it? In this league, no. Um, interesting um, here from Ashley. Um, few on Twitter saying Gary Roberts is his assistant, um, but I thought he was still playing, didn't he? Didn't he he played for Wigan at the start of the season, but then he's I'm sure he's in the. He went to Wales, then he, the Welsh then he, league, yeah. And then he left again a couple of days later, didn't he? Yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he is, but he is. He's a player that um, Gary, sorry, that Paul Cook has taken from Chesterfield to Portsmouth to Wigan. He is one of his favourites. I don't think he'll be back playing for us, but wherever he goes in there, at, um, wherever he go, oh, it's just note there from Katie on there saying that Gary's at Accrington Stanley, so oh, we'll go. see him on Tuesday. <laughs> um, I don't know if I put this one up, so apologies if I, you know, Craig will vouch for my my mental fortitude at the moment. Chief Executive Director of Football should be just as important hiring as a new manager, in his opinion, says Dave. <coughs> um, your thoughts about whether that whether the we expect the Chief Exec to be appointed, don't we, as part of the takeover? Presumably yeah. they'll be part of that decision, won't they? To, to well, appoint we, Cook. We spoke about it, didn't we, on Friday night that the guys who are taking us over will be appointing or putting a structure in place because they're not going to be running it themselves. So there will be a CAO in charge, whether it needs a director of football as well remains to be seen, but you know, there will be a CEO in charge where it doesn't, it's looking unlikely it'll be the Ashton from Bristol city, but it will have to be somebody. And that is, you know, we're talking about the failings of, of Evans in terms of managerial appointments. That has got to be his major off field failing is never, ever, ever having that structure in place that will allow a professional football club to to function, you know, to, to have everything running through one guy at the top who has to sign off absolutely everything and give no um, responsibility to the people who are on the ground is just ridiculous. I'm just, um, I've just put that comment up there from, uh, from Jamie. We understand the departure of Lambert is not linked to the takeover. I'm just... Um, Seeing if I can find that in the article itself. Just want to corroborate. I've got the comment here. Sorry, I've just pulled it up. It says, first, oh, sorry. No, I've got the one about the um, 
Same first team coach, Matt Gill and keeper coach, Jimmy Walker, both appointed by Lambert, have taken a more central role in selecting the team in recent weeks and look the most likely to take caretaker charge. Jamie, if you can point us in the direction of where you got that quote from, that might be, if it's Twitter, that's fine, but um, hopefully it's an article that I can share on the screen. Um, we obviously want to make sure that we're citing reliable sources. We don't do fake news on the on the Vloom on the podcast. Not that you are, Jamie, of course. Um, I think the market for Paul Cook to be next manager has been taken down from Stryfet. Has it gone already? Yeah. If only, if only, eh? Um, Never mind. Um, Well, we're still going strong with the the views, so we'll stick around as long as you guys keep pinging us chat in the comments. Saying that about Paul Cook, Phil um, TWTD was was saying, uh, I think it was either earlier today or or last night, that he was still hearing the name Michael Appleton um, rather than rather than Paul Cook, and that Paul Cook wasn't necessarily nailed on because of, and that was despite him signing this this new contract to Lincoln because of his links with the Bristol City mob. Yeah, well, he signed a four year contract, hasn't he, last week? So. Yeah, but I said that, said that was regardless of that, in, with even with that being in place. I, I can't, I can't, I just, I just can't see it happening personally, unless we, unless we're going to sit it out with a caretaker till the end of the season and hope that he doesn't take Lincoln up this year because he's in too good a position to walk away from. But we'll yeah. see. Um, keep the comments coming. Um, we'll, as I said, we'll stick around. I, I mean, I do have work in the morning, like, and I've just to <laughs> edit a podcast and stuff like that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, if you, could, if you could edit out all the stuff that we were saying about Paul Lambert definitely not leaving till the end of the season, mate, that'd be much appreciated. Well, that was, that was you saying that, wasn't it? I, I, I wasn't... Oh, yeah. I, I didn't say that long. Um, yeah, a lot of few people are raising their season tickets renewals too. I mean, if you were Marcus Evans or even if you were the... You'd be getting on the back of this pretty damn quick with you on the season tickets. I mean, a lot of us, Joe... And, and I'll be I, off my season ticket refund before my season ticket renewal. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, there, there was no way you could go into a season ticket renewal account with Paul Lambert in the in charge. There was, there, there was just nothing you could do. It, it, he had he had to go. So it was just a case of when and when the replacement was going to come in. Um, Mikey Fenty Smith, hit the like on the video if you think this is good. Mikey's always good for these. Um, if it's been a good he's week, a company to man, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he's always all about the likes. Give us it, a like. If you're on YouTube, you want to give us a super chat, by the way, to, um, I don't know, pay for my two hours of um, annual leave tomorrow so I can get some sleep and catch up with some sleep. All, all it says on the East Anglian is just, but it's understood that Lambert's departure is not linked to a potential takeover. It is also understood that a new manager is unlikely to have been appointed in time for Tuesday's night game at Accrington Stanley. Yeah, in, term, in terms of season ticket renewal, though, that's still a fair way into the future, isn't it? It's, it's you know, you're going to have someone in charge before then. Their, their face will be plastered all over the, the paraphernalia, won't it? Ginger Eagle seventy three. It's not going to be a Blue Monday tomorrow, no. Well, you've, well, you've, got, this take, you've got this takeover, haven't you? So and, until something comes of this takeover, then you, you're not going to know what's happening, are you? Um, Matt, I guess this might explain why both um, Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday only offered to cook a six-month contract and why he turned them down. Presumably, there's a longer-term deal on offer at Ipswich. Well, I think they probably only only offered him that because they didn't know which league they were going to be in the following season, did they? But then that's Um, probably linked to why he turned them down as well. Certainly, Sheffield Wednesday aren't the most stable club in the world at the moment. I I also think he'd earned more than that because... A six-month job is almost the sign oh, that a, a desperate it? manager needs to go in and try and prove themselves where 
Cook's body of work before him was what was going to get him his next job. Where sort of you look at Mick McCarthy, he's sort of left it. He's gone to Ireland. He's gone to Cyprus. Had a short point to stay there, and now he's come back. And if he, if he wanted a big job, he probably needed what he needed. One of these six months contract, he's gone in and he's grabbed this opportunity with both hands, and he'll. Now I've signed a long contract to get a better job out of it. He'll he'll make he'll make hay from what he's done there so far. Where Paul Cook didn't need to take that risk of going into, especially a Sheffield Wednesday, a club which has got a points deduction, which is in the relegation zone. What's the best he can achieve there? Short term deal, keep them up, and they say, oh, actually, we still we're still going to move on. Or you take him down, and then the last thing on your CV is a failure, a relegation. So I think he he earned the right to be selective in the next job he's going to take. And. You know, we've we've talked about this constantly, including on Friday. Ipswich, in theory, is a club that is punching well below its weight, isn't it? And that is a project that someone might be want, might want to turn around. I think that's what Nick Ames has been talking about. And Paul Kirk probably thinks, you know, look at the squad I've got, you know, and look at the, you know, the, the size of the stadium, and all that stuff. the academy. Yeah. Well, it's Paul, it's Paul Cook, and it's the, and it's the new potential owners, isn't it? They're they're buying us for a reason. It's because we're we're at our hopefully our lowest ebb for a relatively cheap price, and there's a hell of a ceiling there that, with the right direction and the right input of finances, can see us go up at least one division. They're not they're not in it for any other reason but to make yeah. money, are they? And they're, they're, you know, they've got to put in the money to make the money. Yeah. Well. As long as interests yeah. are aligned. I think, the, I think the point Katie makes sort of backs up what we were saying there about sort of he he, he he deserves a good he deserves a good job. He's earned a good job and this is a good job. I think people will people talk down Ipswich as a football club, but ultimately we're we're a big club and and we, we deserve this. But um I had a point that I was gonna make. Um oh yeah, what what I was gonna say is when you like I say Craig was talking about the D3, D4 pod earlier. When you listen to the D3, D4 pod, the Totally Football League show, not the top 20, all the Football League pods, all of them to a man cannot believe that Paul Lambert is still in the job. Any mm. analyst, anyone that looking at this looking at this league in any detail at all, it's just it's baffling that he's still in the job. Everyone we speak to, we did a, Craig and I did a pod with Blackpool guys last week, the Seasiders pod a couple of weeks ago, and Jim White. they were saying that he deserved to be sacked when when the guy was down here with Fleetwood at the end of the sort of COVID broker season, you spoke to Jim White. He couldn't believe he's still in the job. There's no one in the game other than Jim White on Talk Sport who thinks that Lambert was doing a good job. It was it was an embarrassment that he stayed for as long as he did, really. And but now we are in a position to really get going. Yeah. Oh, just just to put a, the converse to that, our the moose has said that it's. It's unbelievable, you know. It's basically strange oh, happenings at Ipswich, who had a tough. Who's after two wins have sacked Paul Lambert. So you know they're just. Is it Mark McAdam, the guy who tweeted, tweeted the ninety nine point nine percent quote, who said Lambert said that after a brilliant run of form, and then every yeah. reply saying that's two games, mate. Yeah, not really yeah, a brilliant run. Mate. Yeah. Well, people started pulling in the Northampton game as oh, and the and the draw. A four-game unbeaten run and three clean sheets, and it's like, yeah, but one of those was the worst nil-nil at home. That's sort of almost the total nadir of supporting Ipswich. It was one of the games in, in this supposed good run was probably the lowest point some of us have felt as an Ipswich fan. Jonathan Hammond is. Uh, um, I've put a lot of um, thanks, John, for this. Um, 
a lot of the uh, Q&A with Paul Cook, which we'll try and retweet if I can find it. Is and it maybe it was not the top 21, I think, with Paul that? Cook and Danny Cowley. So. And, and that's yeah. a direct quote. In the Q&A, he said he wants a championship club aiming for promotion or some club that has something about them. If it don't come along, you'll stay at home out of work. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch. I'm going to rewatch that pod now and, and listen to Paul Cook rather than Danny Cowley. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, but I've, I'm still, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Joe and, Joe and I both have... I'm not like 99.9% happy with there's like a little bit of Paul Cook there. Mm. I'd prefer the Cowleys, but look, anyone but, is better than Lambert. That's the headline. But, but what, I'd, what I'd say to wow. that is the Cowleys were my favourites that I'd take for the job, but that was because they were working under, sort of in my head, they were working under Marcus Evans. And Marcus Evans is an owner that needed a manager to take hold of the club and the community and run the whole thing where it's, if these new guys are coming in and you've got this CEO uh, from Bristol City, whether he does come along, whether that's just paper talk, we, we don't know at the moment. But ultimately, these new investors are not going to allow the manager the total free reign to run the whole club, run the whole community, run everything from top to bottom. They're going to put a structure around him. It's, it's a certainty that they will that because any any club of this size will do so. So I think the need for, for the Cowleys... Um, is is less under yeah. Mark Evans, yeah. But I'd, I'd, I still think they do a brilliant job. And if if for whatever reason Cook doesn't happen, I'd be I'd be just as happy with the Cowleys. But I don't think the need for what they've done is as required now. Uh, Robert Smith, I guess I can now take up the Ipswich kit offer money back into the club. Now he's gone. Yeah, I mean <laughs> a lot of us. I was going to mention this, Joe. We both have written to the club. And Craig, have you emailed um, him? Yeah, emailed and. That is pretty unprecedented in my life. I'm watching Ipswich is to complain about anything other than the batch day music before the players come out and all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people will have, uh, hopefully, if you write to the club, by the way, give us, a, give us a shout in the chat and whether this announcement has, has kind of made the kind of concerns that you had go away or whether there's still issues that you've got. But a lot of people, guys, were really worried about the state of things under Lambert. And this just lifts a whole mood doesn't it and, and, and negativity that, that that might have stopped people to robert's point spending money you know i have, i've not bought anything at the club um via the club shop and i've got vouchers burning a hole in my pocket um because i'm not convinced i was not convinced of the future and if this is the first piece of the jigsaw then suddenly people might start spending 24 quid on the away shirt which they haven't yet bought but they might yeah. you know yeah, there's a, there's a point in that, isn't it? So this is it, you know, crikey, as Ipswich Town fans, we haven't had much to shout and cheer about for God knows how many years. So, you know, let's let's grab it. Let's grab this optimism. Let's assume that this takeover is going to go through in the next few days. Let's assume that we're going to get a, a decent manager in charge. We've got a bit of momentum behind us. And, you know, let's just get let's just assume that nice things can happen to nice people. Um. Mikey, ha, good old moose. Yeah, and I bet Sky Sports Jim White will also be similarly scathing about Ipswich Town tomorrow at some point. Um, what else have we got here? We're still going strong, by the way. I'm, I mean, look, I've... just a quick one, Rich. In terms of Paul Cook, Mikey's uh, got a chat coming up, hasn't he? He has, yeah. And uh, we mentioned that we plugged out in the pod, and it's mm. hopefully it'll be a good timing. Yeah, he's, he's speaking to fans from Wigan and Portsmouth. I think it'll be on Wednesday, which means it probably goes out on Thursday. 
um, just to get an insight, just to get an opinion. And, you know, we've had positive stuff so far, but yeah, Mikey will go a lot more in depth, I think, onto that. So that'll be a very useful listen. And, you know, if you want more content like that and more chat like this, um, as Michael has said, helpfully hit the subscribe button down below if you're on YouTube. If you're watching us on Twitter and you've not yet followed, why haven't you followed us? Give us a follow. Um, we The more the merrier. And um, guys, I don't know about you, but I think our content is pretty consistent, you know, We're, and there's always the chance that an emergency pod will be called, hopefully for more positive things in the future. Um, so definitely I would say worth a subscription. Um, you know, say hello. Um, what else have we got? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. I can't put all of this stuff up, but plenty of discussion, plenty of debate. Um, apparently, um, Paul Cook's Wikipedia page has already been updated, which is um, mm -hmm. excellent. Um, Martin, well, at least, at least in his post-match interviews, we'll hear about you know big clubs like Burnley and Accrington rather than Celtic and Borussia. It looks, looks like Martin's campaign to send Lambert red cards sort of daily from the TWT the message board has maybe that was <laughs> yeah. the thing that um, persuaded Evans to push it over the line. So well done on that. And there's then there's Mikey advertising there. If you prefer to read rather than listen to me and my horse voice, um, what else have we got in the comments? We'll wrap this up before too long. Um, it's been said that Chambers is running the team on the pitch a bit more in the last three games. Did did he have a chat with Marcus? Um, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so. Did like I say I don't think? Nice. I think I think the relationship between the players and the owners is overstated by some. I, I don't think it's really really there effectively it's like i say it's it's through the manager what about the pressure of supporters then joe you know we've written to them blue action have obviously had a lot of i think the, um, the blue action like yeah the, the the blue action protest has definitely got things moving whether that would be um whether they sort of he would have that's it's made the difference but ultimately since that protest we've been national news, which League One clubs are not in the national news very much, really, when it's just a manager underperforming. So I'd say it's um, it's it's definitely helped. No, sort of no chance that that hasn't helped. Marcus I, Evans I, I, doesn't like being in the press, and yeah. it's shone a light onto the way he's running the club. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something, Craig. Yeah, no, I was going to say, not, not just necessarily the the... Um, arson attempt at the training ground, but just the the banners around the ground and and the you know the newspaper headline on the, on the security gates and stuff like that. It just it just got it you know into the into the consciousness of of a wider audience. And exactly, and and he and by hook or by crook, the um, the missile attack on the training ground has you know brought it as Joe says to to the national to the national um, interest. Um, Katie, um, thank you for your contributions and um, your insights on Paul Cook. Um, if you are not one of the people that Mikey is speaking to, can I suggest you at him and try and get involved? Because um, I think we really appreciate your insights and um, yeah, really thank you um, for, for contributing tonight. I really appreciate that. Um, have a chat with Mikey. I'm sure the more the merrier um, on that one. Um, another person is going to be happy uh, alongside John Nolan, Caden Jackson, Phil Ham. Are we expecting Phil Ham to? I'm kind of I'm trying to figure out like a film reference of when he kind of walks in, giving it all the swagger. But do we expect that to be remedied immediately, guys? Or is um... it, it might not be immediately? I think it will take a couple of days to sort out. But it it should it should happen immediately because 
I think the way Phil's been treated by sort of Paul Lambert and I think it was Stuart Taylor that originally brought it up has been disgraceful, really. And I I understand the fact that the the powers that be at the club are going to back the manager when when he's when he's made this call. But I, I think it was the it was the wrong way to go about things. But by this point, Lambert was flailing out and attacking anyone. So. Fingers crossed, Phil is back there because he does a, he does a great job on the TWT website keeping it with town fans informed. Yeah. I reckon he'll he'll return. It'll be like the end of Dirty Dancing, Rich. I reckon he'll go running down the middle aisle of the of the press conference. It'll be held aloft. I'm I'm going to start to wrap this up, guys, because um, you guys need to go to bed as well. And um, I think we've we've done this plenty. Um, a lot of chat on the on the I've not put up about querying the stuff about whether Ipswich are a big club or not, and. Um, I think if you support Ipswich and you can't see that our stature in the game is significant, the resources, the infrastructure, albeit not the best, but a good academy, if you can't see that that's a positive, um, then that's sad because I think, you know, we do enough of being miserable about our lot as Ipswich Town supporters, but let's um, let's not down ourselves too much here. You know, Chris Horn has reacted quite well here. Lots of commentary, we're not a big club. A Forest, a big club. How about Sheffield Wednesday? Example of teams who have been out of the Prem longer than us. Sunderland as well. You know, I'd argue that we're in a similar ilk to those kind of clubs. And historically, and even today, I think these are still big clubs. So I think you, you look around this division and you see Hull City, for example. They've, they've been in the FA Cup final recently. They've been in the Premier League for a number of years recently. They're back in League One, and how many how many fans are they getting? V- very yeah. few. Wigan yeah. again. I know they're I know they're having their problems with administration, but they're they're, a, they're not a big club. They've, they've won the FA Cup. They spent a decade plus in the Premier League. They're now back at this level, and they're back to a few thousand fans. Like I say, we are twenty twenty thousand fans in the in the League One is uh, is is brilliant and. The fans deserve better than what they've got. We're not. We're not saying we expect to be competing for promotion out of the championship, but we we should be in the championship. And when we're not in the championship, something is something is going badly wrong. Yeah. Um, final word, then, guys. Um, and just a thick of end bumper on this. We are reacting to the news of Paul Lambert's departure. Sounds like an imminent takeover as well. Um, your guys' reflection on Paul Lambert's tenure. Um, and what lies ahead, um, Craig? Let's start with you. Um, not much to, not much positive. I don't think to reflect on. I'll let Joe expand a little bit more on his thoughts on on Paul Lambert. I'm more concerned about looking looking to the future. As I said before, you know, let's let's get this takeover done and dusted. You know, the the thoughts of people who know these guys, well, supposed guys that are going to be taking over. Again, they've got they've got nothing but good things to say about them. You know, let's. I appreciate there's going to be some trepidation. There's going to be some concerns about you know, motives. They're in it. They're in it for one reason. That's to get promotion. That's it. They're in it for a reason. Is to get a profit on their um, investment. And the only way they're going to do that is by getting us promoted. So I appreciate there'll be some concern about you know timescales and exit strategies and stuff like that. But for the time being, let's just you know fingers crossed we get this done and dusted over the line. Let's get a good man in charge, the right man in charge. So ride a little bit of wave of optimism that we've currently got and you know, who knows where it will take us. Joe? Yeah, with regards to Lambert, I, th- I thought when he came in, he, he made all the right noises and he did all the right things. It was important to try and re-engage with the community, to try and smarten up the training pitch, to bring the legends back, get, get them back involved. And I know people talked about PR, Paul, but 
we needed a PR man after what had happened previously. So I'd, I'd say, I know, he, I know he took us down there, but ultimately I think he was, he should have been the right man to, to bring us back up. And he, and he, we start the season so well, and then he just collectively just lost the plot. Oh, massively overthought things with regards to squad rotation, system rotation, postponing games, international breaks, cup competitions. We start talking about how Man City are playing 60 games and they rotate this player and that player. And sort of, you're not Man City, you're Ipswich in League One. Just keep it simple and get us out of this league. And he, he just lost the plot from that from that point on. And, and he never, he never ever recovered from there. We've, we've been poor Barra five-game stint in January 2020 and a six-game stint in September 2021. We've had we've had two good months in, well, two good months in two years, really, un- under him. So it was just beyond comprehension how we're still in the job. But like I say, similar to Craig, time to look forward now. Lambert's been, he's gone. He's We've, we've, we've got a decent squad in position and we're two points off the playoffs. So we're, we're in a decent position, but this season is there for the taking and we need to go out and grab it with both hands and start being upwardly mobile as a football club yeah um so you can um we will put the pod out as normal um it's still good recap the Doncaster game um and you can see the the look on our faces of 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 total ignorance of the news that was to follow (laughs) which might be amusing um we'll also be back for the live show um after Accrington on Tuesday Matt Gill um in in charge looking like for that one um and an opportunity to potentially get into the top six. Um, thank you for all your comments. Um, if you've liked us, thank you for your likes. Give us a subscribe as well. Um, and um, I'll end on this this comment, if I may, because um, uh, I think it's, it feels good and positive. May the football gods smile on us. This is from Mr. Town Football Culture. May the football gods smile on us with the next appointment and possible takeover. ITFC fans and the next generation deserve it. After 10 years of stagnation and regression, Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.